Hey everyone, Mario Barecki here, and I am known as the Conversation Guy. I'm also the founder of MediaMar, and at MediaMar, we help thought leaders craft and distribute conversations that convert. I believe everything starts with a conversation. I believe conversations are the most powerful way to create connections, to create relationships, and to create opportunities with each other. So everything has a basis in conversation. And on this podcast that you're about to listen to, I'm going to have 10-minute conversations with thought leaders to do just that, create relationships, create opportunity, but more importantly, to convey value, value from them and their perspective and how they operate on a daily basis, and to really tell a story that can bring some value and positivity tips, tricks, ideas, what have you, to your life to make it better. So sit back, relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. It is my honor and privilege to bring back onto the line Sylvia Worsham. She is a turning points coach key and a keynote speaker. Uh, you can find more about her at sylviaworsham.com. She hosts masterminds. She has coaching packages, conditioning programs, focus Friday video series that she hosts. So you can check that out. And uh, she also hosts a, sh- a show called let's get real and raw, which you can find on her YouTube channel. She's currently working on her first book on how turning points are life changing. And she was on the last episode. So if you missed the last episode, go back, get yourself caught up. We had a fantastic conversation. We'll still be here when you get back. SylviaWorsham.com is her website where you can find her, connect with her across all social media in the show notes. Sylvia, welcome back. Thank you so much, Mario. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that you're back. And we were just laughing because during that first episode, people can't, they can't see, they can only hear, but your daughter was coming in and out of the room and she's so adorable. And I was just laughing because I could tell that you were like trying to stay focused, but she was there and it was awesome. (laughs) Well, this is the balance that I think most of us are running into of COVID-19, virtual learning, keeping up with businesses and the home you know, balanced. And, you know, how do we do that as women? And this is why they call us multitaskers, right? (laughs) That's true. And I just, I think family is so important. So it's always welcome on the show. So it's nice to see that and to see that, you know, she was having some fun, especially while mom (laughs) was working. So (laughs) in any case, um, you know, let's talk about careers a little bit, because that's something that, you know, we have kind of similar story when it comes to doing like the normal career trajectory, the quote unquote normal that most people think of, you know, you go to school, you get a job, you do that Mm -hmm. for 40 years, you retire, you get your gold watch, and then you ride off into the sunset, right? That's like (laughs) the traditional American story from like the 60s and 70s. But anyway, for whatever reason, it's still embedded in our psyche. Um, So you started out as a form in pharmaceutical sales. Yes. And then you made that pivot. You were very successful doing that, by the way. And then you made the pivot to starting your own business. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that are listening there because in today's day and age, especially, I think today's day and age, it's a it's a double edged sword. The one edge of the sword is that, you know, we have so much opportunity, right? We have so much out there that we can do. And it's more accepted than ever to start something, realize that you're not fulfilled there and make a pivot and go to something else. The double edge to that sword is if you're successful like you were, it's really hard to let that go, especially <laughs> when you have other responsibilities. Yes. So it's available, but making the move can be difficult. And I think that's that transition and or that turning point that you talk about so brilliantly. So I'm just going to give you the floor. Maybe you can kind of walk us through your story and how that can relate to the listeners. 
Absolutely, Mario. It'd be my my pleasure to do so. I think most women find themselves in a similar situation that I found myself in a couple years back, uh, having married really uh, a man that I really didn't love, you know, and spending a, a ten years in a mar- in a loveless marriage, and then in that in that time frame, uh, being caught up with. Um, working in corporate America because it was the expectation of my parents for me to do so. And and where I think this came from was the modeling. You know, I had a, a father who was a high achieving model. He's a, a retired surgeon and he pushed us children to succeed in life. And his definition of success was achieving to be happy instead of happily achieving. Right. And so I walked into a survival mode and I started to achieve to be happy. And so everything outside of me is what, in my mind, was going to give me the happiness and fulfillment. And despite being a multiple award winner, I mean, I got the number one spot in the region for Pfizer Pharmaceuticals, which at the time was the number one company in the world. Um, That was a huge feat. At the same time, I was getting divorced, you know, and having those transitions. What I found was interesting, and this is something I write about in my book, is I uh, was, it took a, a major, major turning point for me to finally wake up in the sense that I nearly died. I almost died. I had a 20% chance of surviving. I, um, I ended up with pulmonary embolisms, and, uh, and it was a major turning point that asked me had me ask the question of what is there left for me to do, honestly, because this isn't my purpose in life. I, when I got that number one spot at Pfizer, I didn't feel the fulfillment I thought I was going to feel. And that kind of stayed with me for a while until the pulmonary embolism episode. And it was then that my entire focus shifted. And it was at that time I was already dating my second husband. And so I gladly traded off my six-figure salary to move to Austin, Texas, and to start all over again, because really my definition of success had completely changed. I was no longer uh, proving my worth right? Having been raised by two immigrant parents, proving my worth was part of the thread that I grew up with and and was modeled. Um, And so I started to do the same thing in my own life. And it wasn't until I almost died that it just kind of woke me up. And I thought, you know, there's a reason why I survived and what is there left for me to do? And it started that quest. and, And I gladly gave it up for love because it was something that I wanted in my life. It was a desire. It was part of my vision. And, and, but it was, it was still a a tough transition because I grew up a certain way and then it was like a complete and total change to what, who I once was. My old identity was tied to being successful at work, which meant achieving. And now it has shifted to, to being truly happy with the love in my life and starting all over the place, you know, like starting all over again in a purposeful business you know, in a business that, that shifted humanity and really gave me that fulfillment I was seeking, you know? What, what's the major difference in your mind from when you talk about your career before you were the number one rep, you were super successful, but that success is what in your mind equated to or proved to you that your worthiness, right? Now you have internal worthiness regardless. You have love. You know it's not leaving. You feel worthy. And you're showing up and executing with that. 
What's the difference been results-wise? Results-wise, I'm way happier and there's way more balance in my life than there was before. In the before in the old identity, I was working upwards of 50 to 60 hour work weeks, which at the time I was a single mom. I, you know, I carried a lot of guilt and shame for 10 years up until very recently ago when I forgave myself for carrying that amount of shame and guilt of, of how I handled the aftermath of that divorce because I got caught up in that needing to prove my worth. It kicked it into high gear. The I'm not enough, I'm not worthy, uh, that triggered during the divorce, right? When somebody rejects you and asks for a divorce, that's what triggers, that feeling triggers you. And you, and you start reacting. And, 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 and I had formed a habit around being a stressed achiever. Uh, and it's a habit. So to break that habit, you got to break everything that you do. And, and create a whole new empowered habit. There's a lot of that out there, stressed achievers. <laughs> you see a lot of it. There's, and it's it's great because you see all these people that are super successful. But if you have a real conversation with them and you go a little deeper, a lot of them are super stressed too. Yeah. And it's like, there's, but, and I think that because of that, you know, people are smart, and especially in today's day and age, when you look at like social media, especially the younger generation, they can cut through the BS in a second, just intuitively. Because there's so many, so many people trying to sell things, so many ads, so mm -hmm. many things. So they develop this radar almost, which mm -hmm. I think we're all developing. But um, there you can so you can sense it. You can sense that stressed achiever. It's yeah. so refreshing when you come across someone who is an achiever or who is achieving and is not stressed. And typically, when you come across that type of person, they're exactly what you're explaining. They already have a sense of worthiness. They already have that foundation because I even carried the belief for a long time in my own story that if I wasn't successful, it was because I wasn't working hard enough. Uh -huh. I, mean, I was working 80, 90 hour weeks regularly and going, I'm so lazy. I'm just not working hard enough. That's why I'm not <laughs> successful. And it was crazy. And now that I look back on it. So when I realized and I kind of like somebody, the mentor slapped me across the face, not physically, <laughs> but figuratively slapped me across the face. And I went, oh. Okay, and it was still hard, right? Because yeah. you see, you understand it at the at the um, in your mind, you understand it, but then when you start to actually to to really take it into your soul level and do it, it's hard at first. Yeah, and of then you begin like to, yeah, and then you begin to see like you don't necessarily have to work a hundred hours a week to be successful. You don't necessarily have to be stressed in order to be successful. You can happily do things that you love. And I think that intersection of doing something that you love, doing something that you love that also contributes value to other people and doing it from a place of wanting to serve instead of a place of scarcity or mm -hmm. a place of desperation or mm -hmm. a place of needing to prove something to someone else to be worthy. That's where all the power is. And that's that if you ever look at like the Ikigai where the things intersect those circles, I think that's the intersection right there. Absolutely. You know, uh, my, my love for people uh, is so great, especially the women out there that are at that crossroads where they're balancing their, their life and they're feeling like shame and guilt because they're not spending enough time with their children. Uh, let me just say this, guys, you know, when you get to the root of what's really driving your actions, you'll understand how to develop that balance in your own life. But until you do, until you understand the root of where that's coming from, like I've, I've done a lot of awareness work in my own self. And that's why um, 
doing some personal growth development programs will help you in understanding how these belief systems actually play an enormous role in the life you're choosing and, and the amount of happiness you are receiving or not receiving. You know, and that's why you see a lot of stress achievers out there thinking, what's outside of me? No, <laughs> that's when you start to tap into your internal sense of worthiness. Once you have that basic, very foundation where you have self-love. And that concept is foreign to a lot of people because uh, I, when I've mentioned it to my parents, which are very old school, I mean, they're uh, immigrants from Mexico. Uh, they're like, what's that? That's like a foreign concept to them. Like they think uh, it's more of a, a narcissistic view of things, but it's not. It's, it's more of understanding what makes you happy. What is your definition of success? Don't take the definition from your parents and what they model to you, but rather what do you what do you find successful? And then start from there. Yeah, I love that. And you know, self-love is so important. And I think to kind of where that started for me was realizing, you know, to go back to what we talked about on the last episode, was that God loves me. He created mm-hmm. me and he loves me unconditionally, no matter what, whether I'm super successful here doing my thing, or if I'm not, or if I'm healthy, or if I'm not, or if I'm (laughs) short, or if I'm tall, or whatever, you know, he loves me no matter what, and you can't lose that love. And even if you mess up really bad, or you do something that's really terrible, you just go and you, if you, if you're really sorry for it, and you make that, you can't just say you're sorry, you have to want to make the change. Mm -hmm. He forgives you right away. There's so much mercy and love there. So it's like, if you know, you always have that no matter what, then why can't you love yourself? If God can love you no matter what, and he's the almighty, the all-being, the omnipresent, omnipotent, omnipotent God, why can't you love yourself? Yeah. I mean, once, and I'll tell you, this this breakthrough happened for me just last week, just in the book, and how healing the book was. Uh, once I saw myself through God's eyes, I released all of that shame and guilt and everything that was holding me back was gone from one day to the next. And that's what I mean when it gets easier that when you trust, I still did the work to get there, you know, because he's a father, right? He wants you to do the work. And then once you do the work, he's like, here you go. Here's the answer you were seeking. Here it is. And, and once you get that, then you understand why you went through all those turning points. He was equipping you for what's to come because only he knows what's to come. And you trust it. And it's not easy, right? (laughs) It's not easy. And it doesn't, it's not always something that feels good or is always happier, but it's always what you need. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it, it takes a lot of courage to step out on your own as a single parent and to make those choices uh, to start all over again in a career, even though you spent the last 12 years like I had at Pfizer, and to start all over again with a medical device company. And I was someone that really <laughs> could not stand the sight of blood. And now I was going to be in surgery, you know, and having just and, and just giving up all of everything I had worked for. But because my identity had shifted, it totally had shifted with the turning point and all the work I had done before. So it can happen for anyone out there. Honestly, they can view it from a different lens. Absolutely. Sylvia, thank you so much for being here, not only today or on this episode, but on the last episode as well. And to remind people, sylviawarsham.com is where they can go find you and everything you're up to. And they can also connect with you across social media. They can find those links, of course, as always, in the show notes. Thank you so much. This was so much fun, and I can't wait to do it again soon. 
Thank you, Mario. Hey, everyone. I want to sincerely thank you for listening to the podcast. It really means a lot to me. Conversations are what I thrive on. It's something that I believe is so important for each and every one of us to have conversations that matter, to have conversations that connect us, to create relationships with each other. So the conversation that I have with the guests that are on the show, the conversations that the guests and I create to have with you are equally important and a great way for you to have conversations with us is to rate and review the podcast. So if you could go to Apple Podcasts, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and rate and review this, it is much appreciated. And you can always find us at MediaMario.com. If you go to MediaMario.com, you can find all the things there. If you want to connect with the guests that I had on today or guests that I've had on the show in the past, you can go to MediaMario.com and get their information. If you want to connect with me and have a conversation with me, I welcome that. All my social links everywhere that you can find me all over the web is at MediaMario.com. So go there, visit us, connect with us. I'd love to have conversations with you. I hope you found value in today's show, and I can't wait to bring you the next conversation on the next episode of The Conversation Guy. Until then, have a wonderful day, and we'll talk to you real soon.